0: Hey everybody, and you know, welcome to week six for uh, Pursuit for Purpose, guys. Week six—I mean, it's it's crazy that uh, we get a chance to actually, you know, say week six. This has been going on, and it's fun that we all just get to continue to uh, grow together and be here in this this platform in this community that we get to grow slowly but surely, but doing it together. Uh, thank you to everybody that's here on the call. Thank you to those who will watch or listen at another time, you know, whenever it is. I hope that it ends up being the right time for you to hear this information. Because there are some of us that are new on the call and new between our platforms, uh, I just do want to give a brief explanation of what we're doing here with this community that we're starting to build together. Pursuit for Purpose brings the world's most passionate athletes together in a collaborative environment to encourage our goals and aspirations. By using the teachings and principles of the greatest minds before us, we'll give our athletes the foundations to build the rest of their lives and become champions of character. Every week, we'll be joined by a guest that is already in process of their own journey and walk in life, and we'll discuss a particular pillar of success, but ultimately, we'll talk about growth, knowledge, and application in general. Although there will be a great deal of information and experiences shared throughout this call, the most fundamental thing that must come from it in order for there to be any change is action. Words won't do a thing, guys. What actions you take from the information you receive will be the only chance for doing anything to actually come out of what you hear. I encourage you to take step one in some of the processes that you know that you're lacking currently. And for those that have started, keep going. The topic for this week is love. And why I'm particularly so excited about the topic of love and, and how we've been able to get here is that it follows faith, hope, and now love. And, and this flows perfectly from Corinthians 13, 13, where it states, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love and the greatest of these is love. I I really believe that. I look forward to hearing from all of us uh, about why love is so important in our lives and how we can get better at it. We often hear that love makes the world go round. I kind of don't think that's too far off at all. Love is a foundational pillar that has many encompassing qualities in it with not only the, the love we pour out into others, but also with the love that we have to give to ourselves. There's also a love that is freely given to us with spirituality that we'll further discuss that can be a gateway to your heart and receiving all that it needs. There's a, a great acronym for love that I had uh, come across, which states love is living our values every day. And I, I, I really uh, kind of took that to heart. And I think that the way that we treat the way that we know we're, we're supposed to pour out into the world is, is a great way to represent everybody else that's poured into you as well. Love is defined as as a deep affection, and I believe that the things that we commit ourselves to fully provide that deep affection within our lives, ourselves, our sports, our faith, our purpose. This week, we have a guest with us that I've really enjoyed getting a chance to talk with and and learn more about their incredible faith and the the journey that brought them to it. You know, love encompasses all things, and I'm looking forward to hearing how his personal journey has had love within it. I feel so honored that, uh, you know, we have found a way to connect and, and that something bigger than both of us allowed communication to begin. You know, in a short amount of time, I've, I've learned a lot from him and, and he strengthened my faith, even if he doesn't realize it. But join me in welcoming the 2021 World Series champion, the assistant uh, hitting coach for the Atlanta Braves, Bobby Magallanes. Uh, Bobby, uh, thanks so much for being on. And, and man, if you don't mind starting off just with just telling us a little bit about yourself.
1: So thank you for having me on Kirk, uh, and for what you're doing. Uh, what, what a platform! Well, you know, like you said, you know, I'm the assistant uh, hitting coach for the Braves, uh, and I uh, was born and raised in Southern California, and uh, went to uh, went to junior college after I graduated high school. Went to junior college. I got drafted out of high school by. Uh, I'm probably going to give it away how old I am by the Montreal Expos, so who no longer exist anymore. <laughs> But I didn't sign, uh, I ended up going to junior college and I ended up getting drafted uh, from there. Um, and uh, I ended up being a Duke Call american and then uh, I get a tryout, get asked to try out for Team USA. And I ended up going trying out in 1989 and I made the team. So I got to play, that was a great experience. Right after that summer, um, my stock was kind of going up as I kept playing. I was doing pretty well there. I ended up signing at the end of the summer. I got drafted by the Seattle Mariners that June. Uh, so I played pro ball. I ended up playing uh, 12 years professionally uh, here in minor leagues and then in Mexico. And then I started coaching. I went into coaching. I've been coaching the last uh, uh, 20 years. And then uh, this was uh, uh, first year uh, officially with the Major League Club with the Braves. Last year I was with the club. Um, but this was the first time actually with the title of assistant hitting coach. and. Uh, Never would have seen it happen that my first time actually in the major leagues as a coach, I would win a world series championship. So he's got about that.
0: Right. That's gotta be some, some awesome time. In for sure of just all of the journey leading you to the, that first year and then having to get that experience that, uh, something that I know Atlanta fans have been, uh, trying to get over their own personal hump for quite some time. And, uh, you know, as a Dodger fan, I think I've, uh, we've been getting away a, a little bit for sure, but it, it's been fun now being on the East coast for myself and getting to embrace how, how much love that a lot of these East coast fans have for the Braves. And honestly, just the different geographical regions of how, you know, being in North Carolina here, there, there isn't other teams around. And so it's cool to just see that people in North Carolina are, you know, big fans of, of people down in Atlanta and just how much more uh, the, the actual team gets to encompass its fandom versus most Dodger fans just being in a, in a small little bubble itself. So I think it's kind of cool that the geography allows, you know, that the team to spread itself. And I just think fandom is such a fun thing that you get to put your support into different stuff and getting to be a, a Small part of that, and I'm sure you feel only a small part, even though you probably had a large impact, you know, is is got to be something truly exciting. So I want to uh, get you into some some questions that I got for you and uh, and then get us into eventually some community interaction and some opportunity to be able to chat and share how, uh, you know, how love has has affected us differently, because, again, like I said, I think love encompasses all things. And it's going to encompass our faith, our hope, you know, and, and our, our character, just as much as everything as well, too. So, you know, to just start you off with, uh, you know, something a little bit more um, basic and simple for us, uh, what is, it, uh, sorry, uh, whoops, what does your love mean to you personally? You know, in what ways has love made
1: a difference in your life? Well, for me, love is a choice. Uh, it's not a feeling. So, uh, I'll explain that real quick. You know, a lot of times when we fall in love with, I've been married now 21 years and, and, uh, you know, met my wife, we're dating, you know, fell in love, but I realized in our, in our marriage that love is a choice. It's not a feeling because there's many times in our marriage that I did not feel like loving my wife and vice versa. She's been wanting to strangle me. Um, but it's a choice. It's not a feeling. Uh, so I choose to love her. And, and she would tell me a lot of times, like she, she goes, you know, I love you. I said, yeah, I go, why? And she answers me. Cause I choose to, and I went, okay, I, go, I, I, I get it. Uh, because again, uh, I, I, th- I think we base a lot of things off of feel and because we live in the flesh, we're in a human body and the flesh is weak and sinful. And we're not in the spirit. I mean, I don't feel like loving people at all sometimes. But the thing is, is, it's a choice and I choose to do it. You know, when Jesus went to the cross, he says, please take this away from me. But not my wills, but yours. He chose. He went through it. He could have ended it right there. Because he didn't feel like going through the cross. So if number one, love is a choice. And And what does it mean to me? It means... It means sacrifice. It means to persevere. It means uh, to, to just give of yourself. And it means to also embrace and to lift up. I mean, lo- love does that. Love is, is something that lifts you up and encourages you. And, and no matter what, it's like it, it just... It, lo- love, I remember one time our pastor where I we went to church, he, 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 um, he spoke one time on love and he says, love is a higher power than anger. And I went, wow, it's so true. I mean, love is strong. I mean, if you, I'll give you an example. So let's say you have a person that's, you know, that's in really upset, mad, and angry. All of a sudden you come and you demonstrate the love of God, the anger subsides but all of a sudden you got anger and you have love and anger's over here. Love's going to win and going to trump anger every single time. So love is a much higher power than anger. So again, it, it uh, that, that's, that's my definition of it.
0: I think that's powerful. And, and just as you had said, how much of a choice that it intentionally gets to make it be for yourself as, as a person. And when you could be rooted in love and, and choose to make that choice, I think it's something powerful. And, and just as you had said, with that choice, it's not diminishing any other emotions that come through because, you know, we're human creatures we're we're sinful for ourselves and we're going to have those things pass through us, but to be able to make that choice to let love ultimately win, it can lead to, you know, some, some pretty awesome things that when it allows it to open the door. So uh, how, how do you uh, how do you use love and your role as a hitting coach to connect with your players and establish a trusted relationship?
1: Uh, I'm going to go back to, again, our pastor from a church. So I, I, started off as a hitting coach, my first two years in, as a coach in pro ball and my third year, uh, they, they, uh, promoted me to manager, to be a manager in, in A-ball and ball in the Midwest league. So I went to our pastor and I just hey any advice and he only gave me one piece of advice. I'm thinking, okay, look, this, do it, do this, do that, Bobby, this, and the only thing he said to me is, Bobby, love on your players. That's all he said. He was love on them. And so I took that to heart, and I've done that ever since. Um, what, I, what I would do is uh, when I was managing in the minor leagues, I, I would take – I would get the roster, and I would pray for the roster, and I would get them in order of, of, from the pitchers, catchers, infielders. And I went one by one. I would bring them into my office one at a time. And I would cross off the name after every time and just to chat with them. Nothing about baseball. Hey, how are you doing? Where are you from? What do your parents do? How many brothers and sisters do you have? I did that through the whole thing. And I would write notes like something that stood out to me. So I would do that. All of a sudden now at the end of the roster, 25-man roster, I go back to it again, to the top. And I bring them in again. So it was like once a month. And just want to see how they're doing. And then, you know, if something will come up, like, hey, yeah, my sister's got this, maybe a week later, hey, man, how's your sister doing? You know, how to go into graduation? How to go on her test? And, and they're like, oh, my gosh, this guy knows my sister's name, and he remembered that, what I told him. So I would build a relationship where I want them to know that I care about you. You know, that, that's the biggest thing. So how do I put love into the way I coach is I build the relationship. And that's number one. Trust has to be established. Trust is, is, is so important because without trust, you're, you're not going to have get buy-in from any players. And once they know that you care, that you're in the trenches with them, that you love on them, you're in. You know, I mean, it, it it uh the Bible says that that if you speak the languages of men and of angels, and but you don't have love, you're just a sounding gong and a clanging cymbal. That's all you are. So it doesn't matter what I know about hitting. It doesn't matter how much I know. They're they'll look right through me. This guy doesn't care. This guy's just in it for himself. But when they know that it's like, they'll buy in. This guy cares about me. So it doesn't matter what we know. I mean, it's true. It's, it's an old cliche. You heard it. People don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. It's true because I've seen it in my coaching where when they know I'm in there with them, I mean, there's times I'm in the batting cage and we don't even talk hitting. We just all of a sudden, like, they, we just open up and, and talk life and what's going on. How you feeling today? And before you know it, man, that just cleans their mind. And we didn't even hit that day. And they go out and they go three for four. You know, it's like they just needed something just. And that's what coaching is about. It doesn't have to be all about, okay, we're going to work on this today. It's like, it's about you. I make it about the player. So when they know it's about them, when they know that this guy cares about me, I mean, it's, it's game set match games over. It's you're, you're in it, you got them. And all of a sudden now they know they'll open up to you. All of a sudden now they'll open you about personal things. Hey, can I talk to you? You know, I've had it, you know, again, even in the, in the big leagues uh, you know, we'll have, sometimes have, have some, some haters. Say, hey, can I come early when no one's around? And okay. And they'll come in the cage early. And again, they just want to chat. They just want to chat. They just want to talk. And I listen. So again, Oh, man. if there's no love, I'm nothing without love. Nothing about it.
0: I, I think that that's so awesome. And here awesome to hear you reiterate that. And I had gotten a chance to listen to you on the uh, Patrick Jones podcast where you, you talked about some of that same aspects of just getting to truly dive into getting to know these guys as people. And I think it's it's tough to sometimes to get lost in the shuffle of, hey, we got to hit this point, we got to hit this point, this point, but at every point, they're all people. And at every point, we don't know where any of these people have come from prior to their day, and being having a chance to now interact with you. And little do we know, we, we have a small opportunity to possibly, for all we know, be the one bright spot in their day. And, and as just as a person in that connection, and it's awesome to hear that you'd shared that, you know, sometimes it's not even about the hitting or and not even about anything to do with baseball, but that human interaction and that connection allowed them to somehow be a little bit freer. And then they go out and have a great day for themselves. And, and I, I know, you know, you're at the, uh, the MLB level now for yourself, but it's awesome to hear about the true experiences that you've had, you know, as you've built up to it and really getting to have that, that whole team get to put that trust into you as a manager. And, You know, a lot of times I, uh, you know, I'm told, and I've really started to believe it as well, too, that, you know, we tend to end up being a little bit of a chameleon of of our manager. And uh, the way that you represent yourself is the way that the team's going to then kind of eventually buy in and represent themselves as a team as well, too. So, uh, you know, I just got to applaud you on the, the way that you go about your business as a person connecting with these guys, because ultimately that allows you the opportunity to give your best baseball knowledge to these guys once their hearts and minds are open to be receptive. To the information that you have to share because you they know now where it's coming from. So I appreciate you sharing that with us with us Big time Um yeah.
1: Yeah, that that's uh, go ahead cuz I, I wanted to share what I mean about making an impact on 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 players. Uh, hold on there there's a, a I got from Instagram one of my ex-players congratulated me and uh he um uh, he he uh wrote me something that really impacted me. And he, after we won the World Series, this, he, he got me through Instagram. It's like this guy managed two years in Double A, and I'm going to read this to you, just to let you know about love, about how you can impact somebody. He was Mr. Bobby Maggs. He said, call me Maggs because my last name is tough to pronounce. As you <laughs> call me Mag, so he says, "It's been a long time, my friend. Congrats on becoming a World Series champion. I just wanted to tell you that you were so influential on me, and we only spent a couple years together, but I never forgot you." I'm now in New Mexico serving Christ as one of His warriors, helping kids throughout our communities. I now understand what you used to talk to me about, and for that, my friend, I'm forever grateful. I own a ranch in New Mexico with my wife and have two beautiful children. Thank you for always standing up for Jesus. He is super proud of you, my friend. I mean, these are the these are the texts that it's going. This is what it's about. It, it's not even about the World Series we just won. That was awesome. I mean, this is eternal, man. This is. This is, I mean, what what is it you gain the whole world and lose your soul? It doesn't matter. I mean, really, I mean, i tell you what, it, it, I, I can be, you can be there all of a sudden, as soon as everything dwindled down, the parade and all that, I'm telling you, I got home and it's like, okay, it's over. Now what? It's like, it's done. I mean, who won the World Series five years ago? I have no idea. Who won it 10 years ago? I don't know. No one cares. No one remembers. It's over what we' what we're working on is eternal that's the thing that's more than making it to the major leagues hitting 300 being an all star that that comes and goes man that's going to stay here none of that's going to come with us the only thing that's going to go with us the only people that are going to go with us the only thing that goes with us when we die are the people that we led to Christ those are the only ones nothing else goes with us
0: it's awesome and it's it's thank you for sharing that message from a, a former player, because like you said, that that's the, that's the real trophy that you really wish that you could put on the wall. And, and who knows if one day you'll get that opportunity to put a bunch of those messages up on a wall and, and frame that kind of stuff, because, you know, that's, that's the, the real journey of, of, of value that we get to help these guys find, but also in, in I, I've found in this process by helping them find value, I'm I'm finding that own value within myself as well too, and and getting to have those small rewards. And with the you know, not to say a lack of experience, but being new in my journey of being able to provide these opportunities and getting to coach, I haven't necessarily gotten those ones where it's hey, it's coming back to it, and and it, and it feels weird to sit in this place looking forward to those days of where hey. I'm, I'm rooting for, you know, and I got a couple of guys from our team on the call now here, and I'm rooting for those guys in the aspects of who do they grow into well beyond uh, uh, the baseball team that we get to be a part of and getting to hopefully see them shave off some of the years that it took me to finally figure it out. You know, Hey, use some of my growing pains that were put on my heart and in my life to make your life a little bit better, to help find that value to where you could start serving yourself, your family, and the Lord just that much quicker because, you know, I, I hid from myself and didn't fight uh, and didn't accept the the journey that was placed on my heart long ago. I fought my own my own self and let, uh, you know, my insecurities and my past failures win for a long time. So it's it's awesome to, to get to hear y- your journey and then just get to, you know, see some of these guys as well, too. Like I said, start to embrace this process and you know i'm i'm rooting for, for everybody that's on this call regardless of you know whether or not i've ever gotten a chance to coach you or whether or not i've ever gotten a chance to meet you it's just so fun that where life is has allowed us all to be in this same place at the same time and get to go on this journey together so you know all of you guys I appreciate everybody being here and, and just growing in this process together. So you know Bobby I wanted to ask you love hurts. <laughs> you know so tell us about a time where uh, where you know kind of felt like love was crushed in a way and, and, and the journey back, you know, allowing love back into your life. If you have one of those stories.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think we all have been hurt. Uh, love does hurt. Uh, and I'll, I'll share w- one of those things. Cause we're talking, it's a baseball group. So I'll, I'll talk baseball here. Uh, it was when it was when I finally, hit a point where my dreams of making it to major leagues were done. And I was so mad at baseball. I received Christ later in life. And let me just go back real quick to get you to this point in terms of, about, about, you know, how to, when love hurts and how do I get that back? Well, when I signed again, I I signed at the end of that summer, 1989. And I go play baseball, and it went bad for me. I Hit 180 my first year, and I quit. I went AWOL. I was in rookie ball, and I went AWOL. And I go, I'm not going to play. I'm frustrated. At all that. I mean, this is I quit. And I remember my roommate was like, "You're crazy." I go, "I'm going home." You're crazy. They're going to suspend you. They're going to go. I don't care. So I go home, and I didn't tell no one I was going home. I get home, my parents, they open up the door and they go, where are you at? I go, what's wrong? I thought you i happy. I'm, you've seen me. Man, they've been calling for, you know, all day. No one knows where you're at. And we were all worried about you. Well, look, I came home. I do not want to play. So the scout who sign me. Uh, the Seattle Mariners called him up, Say, hey, talk to him. Convince him to come back. Tell him it's okay. So he comes and he gets me. We go eat dinner. And I go, okay, you know, talking to me, calming me down. And he, and he showed me all the the guys in the big leagues at that time with the Mariners and, and what they hit their first year in rookie ball. And he's going down the line and I saw the numbers and these were all-stars in the major leagues, 184, 210, 150, 230. I'm going, wow. I didn't, I'm like, Yeah, look at that. Rookie, Don't worry about it. I'm like, wow. Okay. So he convinces. I mean, he, he, he's there. You know, uh, helping me out you know calm me down so anyways, he goes, okay so he drives me back home he says look man he was just just come back quick because the longer you take to come back then we might suspend you right now we're not we know you're frustrated it's okay we know who you are so i don't want that so then he drops me off at, in, in, at my house and when he pulls up to the driveway he was okay he was hey man he was uh if you die tonight would you go to heaven and i'm like what out of the blue. We're talking about baseball, me coming back to play and all that. All of a sudden, he's like, what the heck is this guy talking about? And and he goes, yeah, would you go to heaven? And I said, yes. And he goes, why? Because I'm a good person. I feel like I like to help people. And he was like, oh, no doubt. He goes, but you know, it's not about works or about helping an old lady cross the street or helping her with the groceries going to get you to heaven. And he said, it's by being born again. When he said that, I was like, oh, here we go again. You know, know, this guy wants to bring Jesus to me. I didn't want to want no part of it and he get he has a bible and a workbook and he hands it to me and I go no I go I'm good he goes why don't you have it why don't you have it it's just a bible he goes it's okay and I said I have my religion that's what I said and he goes like he was like thrown off too he goes well I just want to give you this and then he made me think too I'm like why am I you know putting the pushing away the bible it was like hmm, made me think like I don't know I don't want nothing with with Christianity. And so the workbook was called uh, "Growing in Christ." So he just gave it to me. He goes, "Hey man, just take it, whatever you know." And can I pray for you? Pray for me. Got out. I went inside my house and I got the the, the Bible and the workbook and I put it in a drawer at the bottom where I don't like stuff, where it's a thing that I'm not interested in. I went to go play. I went to go play. The next ten years, I got released four times, three surgeries. Couldn't get past the A ball, well, double A, I should say. Didn't get past double A. Went to Mexico. It was like, now all of a sudden I get released in Mexico and I'm going, I'm done. I go, this is this 10 years later. I said, this is bad. If I'm getting released in Mexico at the time, I'm going, this. And I was hit by the way. I go, this isn't for me. And, And I put all my love in baseball. That's what I loved the most. That was, loved it the most. But it was what was giving me the most heartache. I go, why is it something that I love the most is hurting? I mean, it's like I'm getting so frustrated with baseball, but I love it so much. So I get back home, the independent league team calls. I go, I'm done. I'm going to go back to school. And then one, I'm going to go finish off my, my degree. And in, in the, the GM for that independent league team goes, Bobby, he says, when you start school in September, he goes, well, why don't you come and make extra money for school? I go, you know what? You're right. So this was in late May. I go play. Well, as I'm packing my stuff up to go to the airport, I'm going, hey, I'm missing something. No, I don't know what it was. And I go to the drawer, to, you know, I'm going to all my drawers, and I go to the bottom drawer, and the first thing I see is that Bible and that workbook. And it was there 10 years. Like, because again, I put stuff that I don't care about. So I was like 10 years later, I'm going, huh? I get it, pack it, get a flight. And on the, on the flight, I'm still thinking, God, I'm missing something. So I get so I land the airport. Go to, get a cab, go to the hotel. First thing I unpack is the first thing I see is the Bible workbook. So, and I love to read. I open it up, and and here it is what it says He Was and this is uh, the first thing I see. And, and it opened the workbook, and the first thing it tells me to read is First John 5 11 and 12. And so, I mean, I have no clue, I've never read the Bible before ever in my life. So, open up the Bible, I open up the workbook. I'm going, Okay, let me see where it is first. I gotta go, Where in the heck is First John 5 11? 12, I'm going through this whole thing. I finally find it. And it says, the verse says, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in the son. He who has a son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. I went, oh, my gosh. I went, now I know why I'm struggling. Now I know why. Now I know why I'm hurting. It's because I don't have the son. I don't have life. And I'm going, gee. So I go play, make my debut. After the game, I come back and I'm going, I want to keep reading this. And then all of a sudden, the next page says uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all you do, and he will lead your path straight. And I'm going, oh my gosh, I go, I'm not trusting him at all. <laughs> I'm trusting my own understanding, not his. And I'm going, gee, this is incredible. It's speaking right through me. So seven days later, I couldn't put the Bible down. I just put it down. I said, look, if this is true, here I am. And that's when I got saved. I didn't say a sinner's prayer and then nothing. It's by faith. I put my trust. I gave up. Here I am. I put that Bible down, said, do whatever you want. I don't care about baseball anymore. I don't. And that was a weight off my shoulders. First time in my life, I enjoyed playing baseball. And I was hitting bad. As a matter of fact, this testimony, I'm in a buck 25. And it was getting worse and worse and worse. I was in a four for 30-something slump. Worst of my career in my life. And I didn't care. I looked up in heaven one time, look at Scott. I said, I don't care. Take away from me. I told you I could care less. I don't care if I hit a, a 100. I'm yours. And I'm telling you, it was like I've never had so much fun playing ball. And I was sitting at 120 and ended up hitting 296, 298 around there that year. And it turned around, but it was it was something that I it just took a load off of me. So when you say about when a thing with love hurts, how did it turn around? How did I do it? By giving my life to Christ, who is the author and perfecter of life, but he is also the author of love. He is love. There's one word I can describe God, it's love. So he's the one that's where I put my trust in, and that's where it just kind of just turned it around. Now it's like I'm not, I'm not here for performance. I'm not here to earn his love. None of that. It's it's just putting my trust in him. That's how I overcame the hurt. That's
0: that's powerful to get a chance to. To, to hear your testimony. And I appreciate you sharing that with us big time because, you know, just to be able to hear yourself go through those growing pains and ultimately what got you out of it, yes, was opening up your, your, you know, love to, to Christ and, and letting him come through. But just as you had said that, you know, for the first time, it's just you, you didn't let your life be identified by a game. And and let some, the, the more important thing take over. And then it allowed you to have the most fun, like you said, for getting to just enjoy those moments and then go out there and know that there's, there's something that you're, you're playing through. And I, I feel like I can tell that that same love is in your heart where now you get to pass that along to everybody else, because it's not, a it has nothing to do with the game. You're not identified by the game of baseball. You have your identification and, and something a lot more, strength-based and that's not leaving you no matter what happens with the game no no matter how good or unsuccessful the the baseball season might be you know that you have that foundation and that allows you to give yourself to your players and then still continue having that fun yeah we're going to have some ups and downs through it but ultimately you got a a stronger vehicle that doesn't run out of gas you know for yourself to be able to pour through into people so it's awesome to hear and, and I I would imagine that you get to get the chance to feel that relationship grow with the game now that you're no longer identified, you know, by the game as well, too. Uh, w- would you say that there's some some truth to that, that your love has continued to grow within the game now that it's not the only thing about your life?
1: Absolutely. You know, it, it's baseball. Coaching is what I do. It's not who I am. And that's how you look at him. as a player. It's like, you know, What's the first thing we meet someone? It's the first thing we we ask ourselves. Like, you know, I, I meet you. Hey, Kirk, hey, what's going on? Kirk, hey, hey, so what do you do? First thing we ask, what do you do? Oh, I'm um, I, I coach baseball, or, or like, hey, man, I want to know this guy. Hey, who are you? Well, I'm a coach. No, that's what you do. Who are you? Oh, my gosh, I, I don't know. Well, I'm a son of, of the living God. You know, I'm I'm saved. I'm 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 light. I'm salt. I'm I'm forgiven. I mean, that's who I am. That's my identity. And and anyway, so you're right. It's like we put our identity in baseball. Oh, we're going to set ourselves up for heartache, you know, because we're trying to find that. There's a lot of players, and not only in baseball, but it can be any major sport, that once they retire, depression sets in, suicidal thoughts. Why? Because they feel like they're nobody now. I mean it's like that now they're not getting that same recognition same thing like who am I now they they don't know who they are you know and and the only one who can you know who can give you that that life and and the love is what we're talking about is Jesus it's the only one
0: that's awesome i uh, i again you know, i appreciate the testimony a lot and uh you know you kind of have already answered it a little bit but if there was anything else that you uh, know you wanted to elaborate on it but you know what can your love bring to others
1: bring the love I, I i give on not only the players but to everyone around me whoever you know whoever god puts around me is encouragement it's it's identity it's it's uh strength perseverance hope i mean that that's what love does it, it builds you i mean it, that, that's the thing It's like it, it builds you 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 have someone that loves you it just, it changes everything, you know, I mean, the greatest thing is love, that's what, that, that that's what Paul said, and, and, uh, it and love also says, another verse says that love covers a multitude of sins, I mean, love does that, it's like, so when you love on them, they're gonna feel, sometimes they feel like, oh gosh, man, I feel, I feel convicted around this person, these Christians, like, oh, you think he's gonna judge me, and no, I mean, God, Jesus didn't come to, 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 bring on you where you're like feeling ashamed on con- contrary the holy spirit brings conviction is totally different all he wants is for us to repent of our sins it's like okay it's conviction but it doesn't bring shame that's from the enemy but the point is is that is that love what would i share what i try to come on with what does love what can love do for the players that, that i coach is it builds them up it gives them hope it gives them encouragement it lifts them up confidence that's another thing man confidence love gives you confidence because you know that person's there for you when you when you have someone that's there and cares about you you'll go through a brick wall it's like your confidence goes up to another level because this guy's got my back no matter what happens this guy's got my back jesus why is it that we're confident in him he's got our back it's like what the heck can go it doesn't nothing can go it might not go the way i want it to but it's going to go the way he wants it to. And that's what I want because his will is perfect. My will's not. It's not. I don't want it my way. Because I tell you what, if it was my way, I would have wanted to play in the big leagues 20 years ago and I would have been coaching the big leagues 10 years ago. But I went through 31 years. Took me 31 years to reach the big leagues. 31. So that's a lot oh. of perseverance. 31 years. And the first year I'm there, World Series. <laughs> i mean what other how can god i mean think about it. It's, that's god's story it's like you know if i you know that song the you know the, the praise and worship song if i told you my story it'll be of love it'll be of perseverance it'll be of this it'll be of jesus not about me because look what he did it's like because if i would have written my story it would i been in the big leagues 10 years ago but he says it's going to take you 31 years are you going to willing to do that are you willing to persevere right Here's another thing too we have to persevere because persevere uh, builds character and character builds hope. That's how the Bible says perseverance brings character and character hope. So we have to go through that. And and again, it, I like the verse in the Bible where it says, For the joy that laid before him, Jesus endured the cross. For the joy, I'm going, How the heck is there joy going to the cross? But he was seen out there. Well, enduring 31 years of getting released four times. Multiple surgeries, being in the minor leagues for all those years, riding buses, eating peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, now, I'm like, praise you, God. It's like, this is awesome. I couldn't have written any better than this. You know, it's like World Series championship. It's like, I mean, I'm making minimal money as a coach. And you make no money. You're doing it because you love what you do. And it's my calling. My calling is to go serve him in the platform of baseball and it's been times where i wanted i my prayers were screaming and yelling at god saying why is this guy getting up there not me i'm serving you like 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 i'm deserving of that i deserve death <laughs> i don't deserve this and it's like all of a sudden it's like god you know bobby just wait persevere because i gotta work in your character i gotta work in that you gotta persevere because then that's gonna bring hope and character and bam, led me to that so it's uh, it's not easy, but man, is it well worth it. That's that's awesome.
0: Uh, I I had to write that one down. Of the uh, perseverance brings character, and character, you know, builds and hope. And I think that that's an awesome, awesome, just natural channel that you have to go through as people. And and a lot of times, especially in our world that we live in right now, it's a little bit too much instant gratification. There's there's too many things that it's an instant stimulant. And it has nothing to do with drugs or alcohol. There's so many things that fire off our endorphins that just trigger that immediate sensory overload for yourself. And we don't understand all the time that we have to go through these different avenues to reach our ultimate, uh, you know, destinations, but the destination isn't even important. It's who we get to become in the process of reaching those destinations, which is the ultimate goal. And that, and that ends up being lost, too much, too many times among the shuffle as well, too. But I think your uh, your answer leads perfectly into the last question I had for you, and it's how did love play a role in the Atlanta Braves bringing home the World Series championship this year?
1: <laughs> love was, if I have to describe the word, there's excuse me, there's two words I'm going to describe our team. One's going to be love. Number two is perseverance. Those are two words described our, our major league club this year. And. Love brought us together. Love brought us where there's no egos, where there's no thing. It's like, okay, it's going to bring everyone together. We were there for one another in the trenches with one another. And that's the one thing that, that good teams do. I mean, when you look at, when you look at, at our, at our team, we have four stud outfielders. We lose, we lose Acuna and we lose, we lose Osuna. Two are one of the probably the meet me, to me, probably the best player, most impactful player in the major leagues of Cunha. We lose him. Our Osuna, who's our three-hole hitter, we lose him. Now we're like, oh, what's going to happen? Our gym goes out and makes incredible trades. and We get four new we brand-new outfield. And those four guys, only three can play, especially in the National League because we don't have the DH, so there's always going to be a guy. And I'm telling you, all those four guys were incredible. They picked each other up. They were for the team. Like, one guy wasn't playing. He was there ready to pinch hit. And you know, vice versa. It was just a team that was just gelled together, and that's what made our team. It was like we're just pumping each other up, loving on one another, and 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 that's what it does, you know. And and when I said about perseverance, to me, it goes hand in hand. Perseverance and love to me go hand in hand because you got to persevere. Because like remember, I told you earlier, I said love is a choice. So that means you have to persevere. That's a choice. Like you know, right now I'm not I'm not lovable. I don't feel like loving. But I gotta persevere through this thing, and and the Bible also says there's a verse in the Bible that says, "Those who persevere till the end shall be saved." You gotta persevere to be saved. That's the only way, and and that's what we did. And there's a there's a comment, and we were where we wore T-shirts too at the end. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I, I hold on just a quick second. I'll try to get. I'll take this. your time. Take your time. Find it. Appreciate it. Yeah. No, this was it. it was I, I'll, I'll tell you who said it um hold on it uh jock peterson so love brought everyone together but jock uh said this he was asked after he won the national league East. he gets interviewed and he's got he's got a cigar in his mouth (laughs) you know and they asked him this question hey Jock, what does it take to win a championship and he answered, a little bit of love, a little bit of love, bang. And those were our t-shirts that we wore in the postseason for BP. <laughs> all of us were all wearing a little bit of love, a little bit of love in the back, big word, bang. That was, that was our motto the whole postseason, a little bit of love. And that's what we got us through. So, I mean, right now, to end this with love, your episodes, I mean, couldn't be getting better than that. That little bit of love is what got us to this World Series.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and, and of course, you know, I didn't get to peek behind the curtains at all to know that there was any uh, kind of correlation between that with you guys. But uh, I just in getting a chance to hear about your, your faith and your testimony, knew how much love had to be in there and hearing some different stuff from you. But, man, that's that's awesome. That's awesome to hear just how much attachment to to, you know, that brotherhood of, of loving each other and, and looking out for each other and rooting for each other's success you know, was it able to ultimately lead you guys to your ultimate success because anybody can have an individual successful season and think, good for me, I might be working on getting paid, but, you know, the guys coming together in the way that they did and, and working on loving each other got them to get a, a prize that they can, they can't be taken away. And, and like you said, you know, hey, 10 years, who, who knows? No, nobody's going to remember the year that they won it, but everybody's still going to remember it. it was won at some point. Those fans are going to remember when mm-hmm. When it happened, and those that team's gonna never forget, you know when when they had it for for, for sure. man, I loved Jock. Uh, I loved getting to get to watch him uh, swing it with the Dodgers for sure. So uh, it's awesome to see that he got to go somewhere that he got that that embraced him so well. And uh, you guys got a, a little taste of uh, Jocktober for sure. That was <laughs> that guy's. Uh, I love that lefty swing for sure. Soft spot in my heart for that guy. So awesome to hear they got to give us a little quote from him. But, uh, you know, here's, here's guys where I want to open it up to uh, some of you guys here in the Zoom call that either got any questions for Coach Mags or got anything that you want to share just from your own personal experiences of of maybe even any of the questions that I've, uh, I've asked coach and that you want to answer yourself. You know, what do you guys got? This is your chance to share
1: something. Dominic, please. Yeah, I haven't been on the whole call,
2: but. uh... Yeah, but yeah, I heard the testimony and that was extremely powerful. And I just kinda wanna ask this question, like, um, in terms of like success in the short term, like, do you think that like God gives blessing in like short term successes? So like say like last year, if I'd be out on the mound and then I'd have a bad game, then sometimes I reflect and be like, Oh, I don't think I gave God the glory of that game. Like I kind of pitched for myself that game and that's why I didn't have a good outing and then I'd have a good one. I'd be like, Oh, looking back, like I wasn't trying to be about myself that game. So I was trying to glorify the Lord. So like, God bless you with a good game. Do you think like I'm out of my mind when I'm thinking like that or like, does like, I just want to know if like, like in terms of the way God blesses, because like hearing your story, it's like, you really had to like persevere for, you said like, 30 years, years in order to like get that major league, like i mean like what a great blessing that was but just like for me like i work really hard to like try to make my dream come true to make it to the mlb and it's like like i don't even know if it's in god's will for me like i don't like i don't know what do you think in terms of just like god's blessing in the short term in terms of baseball
1: well again i i don't know either right we, we don't I don't know if that's what god's will is for your life or not because really you know when it when we read the bible the god's will is is, is first to serve him uh to pray at all times that's god's will for you in christ jesus you know it, it you know god's will isn't okay you're going to prosper now and everything it's it's not true you know it's we're here to serve him it's about him and and if we look back dominic if we look back and, and look at the blessings God gave to people it took 40 years for Israel to get to the promised land okay it took before Jesus started his ministry it wasn't until he was 30 years old so it still took time you know uh Paul Paul when he started his ministry after after he got he he you know he got, Taken off the horse and, and, and he got blinded, and then he opened up his eyes. I think there's like a three year, three or four, I can't remember, three or four year period where we don't know of him. He went to go study. So it wasn't right away he started. Um, it took, it, 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 it took uh, Abraham, you know, what was it, 75 years to get the son that was promised. It, it doesn't come right away. The promises of God aren't right now. It takes time, it, it's in the long term. And and that's where the one thing we we don't want as human beings, because our natural state, we want everything now. We don't want to wait, but we have to, because those who wait upon the Lord shall be saved. Those who wait upon the Lord will have new strengths. Everything is wait. Be still and know that I am God. It's like, wait, just hold on, because he's got to prepare us. The thing is, also, uh, he does not allow the righteous to be put to shame. He won't allow that. And If you're not ready, why is he going to put you, even though that's what you're going, you want that, your desires of your heart, and he puts you when you're not ready. And it is all of a sudden like, boom, that's your only shot. Now you're not going to see it the rest rest of your life because you weren't ready, but you wanted it. That's how I look at me right now. Five years ago, now that I know what I know, I wasn't ready for this. I wasn't ready to be here at this moment right now. I wasn't. It's preparing me. I thought I was really, I really thought five years ago I was ready, but now I'm going, there's no way not to handle all these players, not to be able to speak as confident as I'm speaking to these players now to know what I'm talking about hit wise, to be able to talk to a guy like that, say, Hey, this and that. And those guys, Oh, wow. You know, I wasn't ready for that yet. And again, it wasn't, you know, the Holy Spirit had to do his work in me, you know, for me to be able to do that. So for me, like instant gratification, that's not really from God. I don't, that's my opinion, because as I see what, the way he's blessed people in the Bible, it's taken time. It's always been down the road. It's always been years later where the blessing comes because you've got to go through that fire.
2: Yeah, that's good. I just like, I don't want to miss out on necessarily like the good little things that, so like, say like, I want to be able to take joy in like, Like small accomplishments. So, like, if our team wins, I don't want to necessarily like pass that by. But you know, it's hard to like, you know, like in the Bible it tells us to be joyful in everything. And so, like, when you have like a tough loss or a setback, it's just sometimes like hard to um, like weigh it with the same like have the same amount of joy in that situation versus situation where you're doing good, and then you're just like. I don't know like thoughts just start start going in my head when I have like a loss or a setback and like is this for me am I on the right path like you know stuff like that and so I mean yeah it's great to hear your story and even um like brought I read a thing on Brian Snicker too like him like coaching for like 40 years too and like finally getting a world series ring so I guess both both of you guys like had a cool journey with all of that so it's just yeah, I guess it's it's encouraging for me to see that because, um, you know, being a being a young guy, I guess, uh, you know, I I have no I, I have no idea what's up ahead. And ultimately, I can just keep working hard and trust God in all things. And um, like in whatever stage I'm in, like, continue to like minister to the guys that I'm around just in this stage and like not not try to rush
0: through things, I guess. So be where your feet are. Definitely, man. Enjoy the process as much as you can and and know that you have that foundation for yourself that you're putting that trust into your faith and, and love it and live in it and know that just all of those different processes are a part of your own journey for yourself. And not, not one of them has to be made to feel right or wrong, but ultimately if you go through the work that I see you putting into yourself and, and trying to get the most out of yourself that's all that you can ask and if you pour that work into where you're at it's going to lead you to right where you're supposed to be delivered to and then you're going to look back and say I'm and no, you're right where you're supposed to be because of those blessings that you have around you and you might not even understand the weight of what those things bring to you at that time based upon what your your mind is trying to tell you that you're supposed to have right now you know there's 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 no reason to have to to live in the future for yourself, you can place some hopes and desires and, and work ethic towards different things. But live here, live here right now. And in, in these moments and in, embrace those times for yourself, because you, you don't get to live in the past and you don't get to live in the future. The only thing that we get is right here right now. And, and embrace that, that's being put on your heart and live through it and know that that's, that's the ultimate victory that you can have is did you did you serve your best self interest that day? And did you serve your best self interest through what was placed on your heart, through something that you feel like is a little bit higher. Yeah,
1: it's really good. Yeah, and one thing you're saying about you know oh I you know, we felt like oh is I'm not glorifying God that, that that's that's the devil man that don't listen to that those those thoughts because you know what shame and guilt that's from the enemy mm-hmm. that's that, that's not from the Holy Spirit that's not Holy Spirit filled at all and the enemy's going to try to put all those doubts in you i look at you you know, oh, look, at that! you say you're a Christian, look at that. Oh, are you playing for yourself? No. So you go out there and, and go kick some butt, man. I, I, I played when I was... When I first received Christ. After that, I went to go play in Mexico, and and uh, I'm playing against my brother, and we're playing against each other. He's older. He, my brother played a little bit in the big leagues, so now we're both in Mexico, and and I'm at first base, and, and he's playing second base for the opposing team, and I go in there, and I take him out. I mean, I went in <laughs> And so, so I come back in, you know, dug out and the guys on the team, then you are Christian like going, I can't believe you did that. You say you're a Christian. No way. That's not cry. like they're all like getting on me. Like, look at that. Look, you're saying you're Christian. I'm like going, was. he was, God. Does God like, you know, they're like attacking me. And I said, let me tell you something. If it was Jesus Christ playing second base, <laughs> the left field, I told him that because that's what he wants from me. He wants me to because the Bible says run the race in such a way as to win, not to cheat, not to hurt somebody, but I'm gonna go kick someone's butt every single day.
2: Yeah,
1: and that's the thing I have. We have the Holy Spirit, man. It's like it it talks about winning all the time. It doesn't talk about we're not losers. It's like, no, that's we're more than conquerors. We're more than victorious to Christ who loved us. It's like True. I'm not gonna allow that. Like, there's no way I'm going out there to kick someone's butt every single day. And then after that, praise them. You know what? Cause all I, all I want to just glorify him with my effort because I have no control over the result. Zero. You know what? So go out there, man, and glorify him. Have fun. Enjoy it, man. Enjoy the process. It's for Sorry. And enjoy the process. That's all we can control. I, I got a degree in performance. Like I got a master's degree in performance psychology. So I also work with that too, with the guys. And I'm telling you, man, uh, all that stuff in here, shoot, man, go out there and go kick someone's butt.
3: Jason, what you got? Oh, buddy, I got all kinds of stuff. Uh, (laughs) I, You know, when this first started, I don't get to every one of these, but uh, it it fills my heart to see that you got players on here that are listening uh, because they didn't have this stuff when I was a kid. uh, To get on here and listen to the people that have the knowledge that you guys have and to pass that knowledge on. And the first thing that hit home was the first one that I was on with Alan Jager. And uh, long story short, and it doesn't matter who I am or what I did, but uh, I was a high level uh, athlete in two sports, wrestling and baseball. And uh, I had offers to go play high level uh, at a a dual sport for wrestling and baseball. And I chose the other direction. I went to another college, uh, nationally ranked Juco College in Maryland uh, to play Juco baseball. And nobody before me in my school or anybody ever went to college. Uh, to play the game of baseball, so I had no experience. Uh, my parents never went to college to play the game, uh, and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Uh, my heart and soul was baseball. That's why I left wrestling behind. And when I was when I when I was sitting there, and I and I told Alan and you guys on here that I've I, I've always lived with a lot of regret uh, because it was always what if, what if, what if. And since that, since that meeting, I've looked at things differently because Alan looked at me and he says, Jason, things happen for a reason. He says, don't live with regret. You're, you're here and you're doing what you're doing because that was the path that was chosen for you. And, uh, you know, and, and things would have been a heck of a lot easier if I would have known that, you know, many, many years ago. Uh, I'm much older than probably most of you. Uh, but long story short, my, my, uh, my stint in JUCO was very short uh, just because I didn't know what I was getting myself into and the hard work that it took. Uh, I didn't have to compete for jobs at, at the high school level in both sports that I played in. Uh, I was just—I was fortunate that I was a big fish in a little pond, and that got swept away from me real quick. And where I ended up, there was people that my caliber, a dime a dozen, and I was in shock So of course I was homesick, I was two hours away. I'm an only child, I was a mama's boy. I transferred back home to the college who wanted me for wrestling and baseball. And I decided to just take some time off and play some fall ball. Had a really good fall season and uh, decided to join the team and ended up blowing out my ACL in the fall season and had a career ending injury. They misdiagnosed my knee, uh, the first doctor's appointment, second doctor's appointment, was by a guy named Dr. Cummings, and he knew that my knee was blown out as soon as I was walking in for my physical to play for the spring. And uh, he said, you got to blow an ACL senior year, and they wouldn't redshirt me. Now they redshirt, Now you get medical redshirts, you get COVID redshirts, you get all this stuff, right? Uh, my career was over. My dreams were over. I had high, high hopes of playing in, in the MLB, uh, just like everybody else does. And uh, it was taken out from underneath me. Uh, that day I wanted nothing to do with baseball guys, nothing. I burnt everything that I had to do with baseball, everything, uniforms, glove. I burned it all, uh, and I wasn't listening to the right people. And it was, I held, I held that on my shoulders for my entire life until now. Uh, I never went to a game. I didn't watch baseball on TV. I wanted nothing to do with it. And finally I got married. Uh, I got a boy now who's 12 years old and when he was a he was a baby he picked up a bat and he picked up a glove no influence from me and he started swinging and he started playing catch and I looked at my wife and I was like uh-oh what am I gonna do I gotta get I gotta get back involved in the game of baseball because uh, I was angry I thought somebody took it away from me right and it was... It was it was a chore. I went to took him to his first game at the Durham Bulls in here in uh, North Carolina and brought tears to my eyes because I was like, I've let this go. I've let something that I love get away from me for 20 some years. And now I have to find it back. And it's crazy because now I'm sitting in a position where uh, I'm going to call you Coach Mags, if that's okay, uh, where I run a travel ball organization now. and I got six teams in it and it's not a big travel ball organization, but I'm working with kids. I'm working with kids out of love and relationships. And that means more to me than, than the world. And I look back at my career. I wouldn't be where I was at now today, doing what I'm doing, working with kids, teaching kids, uh, the game of baseball and try to lead them in the right direction. Uh, if, I would have had a different path in front of me. So uh, I'm thankful for, for where I'm at. Uh, had some hard years previously because things didn't work out the way that I wanted them to, right? I was selfish. And I wish at that point in time, things would have been a lot easier for me if I would have understood that this was the path that was given to me. And you know, here I am today Listening to these gentlemen who uh, are, are much bigger in the game of baseball than what I am, but it's it's about the connections that you make through the game and uh, the direction that you take and understand that somebody's guiding you path and don't live in regret uh, like I did. So uh, it's sorry to 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 take your ear with the long story, but uh, it's it's been a journey and I'm I'm very. Very happy that it worked out the way that I did, and my love for baseball is back. And it's not because the it's it's because I've always loved the game, but I got I got a family of six different teams who I I love dearly, you know. And my own team, who's 13, you you know, I make sure I try to text them every day. How you guys doing? What are you doing? You know, uh, you got the world ahead of you. Make good choices today. Uh, you know, better every day. Be a believer in yourself. So. That's where I'm at. And I can't thank Kirk enough for, you know, sending me an invitation every week to, to join these calls because I learn a lot from everybody. Uh, even my players, even you're playing college ball, I'm assuming. Uh, so en- enjoy the process because time is short. We don't know when our last day is going to be and enjoy today, enjoy tomorrow and uh, know that you gave it your best shot and that's all you can ask for.
1: That That's great. Thank you. It's um, I'm hearing your story and and it, I'm thinking back with me as well. I, I put my whole dreams in baseball. That was my love. And, and it, since I was a little kid, I go, I'm going to, I'm going to play in the big leagues. I'm going to play pro ball. That was my dream since I was a little kid. And yep. you know, I ended up getting drafted. And so I signed and, and uh, two years after three years after I signed, I I have a, a, I hurt my shoulder towards the end of the season and I have surgery. In that in, 90, in 1993, I ended up having, excuse me, 1992, I ended up having a, a surgery on my ankle, like third, fourth game of the season. So I missed six, eight weeks of the season. I come back. Now we're in August and I hurt my shoulder and they said I had a bone spur. So the doctor went in. I remember my arm was hurt. So you went in there. Oh, you have a bone spur in there, uh, impingement. We went and shaved off the bone. So I missed the rest of the season rehab, all off season. But I remember in the rehab, I was like, this isn't feeling right. Well, so it's not feeling good. And and it just wasn't getting better. So spring training starts, and I still can't throw a ball. I'm going, This is right. This is an arthroscopic surgery. And just to shave bone, and why is that? Well, they did my my uh my physical and spring training in '93. And I had a blown out shoulder and the doctor that did the, the surgery at the end of the, you know, at the end of the season, he th- didn't diagnose it. He will mm-hmm. wrong surgery. So I had to lose shoulder. I got released and they had a, they had to uh, tighten my shoulder capsule up. So I had reconstructive shoulder, the shoulder capsule. And back then the only three guys that, that they, there was a brand new surgery back then. It was oral herschizer. was the first one they did it on. And actually the name of the surgery, the nickname of the surgery that, that, that they gave me was called oral Hirschheiser surgery. Oh. And, and so the doctor, the first doctor diagnosed was the angels team doctor. And he says, you'll never play baseball again. Straight out told me that. Okay. I want another opinion. He goes, why? I go, well, I want to see Dr. Joe. He goes, well, that's why I work. At. That's why I learned under. Why do you want to see him? Because I wanted a third opinion. You know, he was, he was like really cocky, you know? So I go see Dr. Joe and he was a lot calmer. He's like, you know what, let's check it out. Let's rehab a little bit and we'll see. And I rehab didn't work out. He goes, well, let's go in there and let me explore. So right when I, right before they put me under anesthesia, I had to sign a waiver and it said, will you allow me to fix your shoulder while you're under anesthesia, no matter what I find? I go, yeah. So when I wake up from anesthesia, I have a metal rod from my elbow to my armpit wrapped around here. all over my arms like that. I look, and I go, what the heck? <laughs> and I tell the doctor when he comes in, checks me out. I go, Did you reconstruct my shoulder? He said, yes. First thing that I asked was after that I was like, am I ever going to play again? Yeah. And he said, just rehab right now. Don't even worry about playing. Just, let's just rehab. I was like, oh, gosh. And I rehabbed 18 months. It was during the 18 months I wanted to quit. I don't know how many times I went back to, to help out our junior college team. So I coached junior college baseball during the rehab. And I was already thinking about not playing again. And next thing you know, I got calls. I mean, this is how God, when God has a plan, he, he'll direct you back. It If we go against them, he's still going to have his plan, but it's just going to take longer. Instead of it being an 11-day trip to the promised land, it might take 40 years like Israel. Well. If I go against God's will, his will is this, it might take me longer to get there or take him longer because of my sin, my my disobedience, but he's still going to have his plan for you. And so I was like, I thought I was. Oh, looks like we lost. Looks like we lost coach Mags. Yeah, frozen there for himself. Is anybody else frozen or is it all me? Ah, looks like it might be. Not me. You just got to be along for the ride, man. Just go and be faithful to him. And he's got stuff. The word of God says this. No eye has seen and no ear has heard what God has in store for those who love him. I mean, I see that. I'm going, amen, because I'm a testimony to that. Cause God's blown me away. When I thought it was this, he says, no, it's that. And it's like, wow, it's so much better than my will, you know? So it's like, just stay faithful, man. And watch how God works. Yeah.
3: I just, I just started re- reading, Augie Garrido's book. Uh, uh, I've always, my mentors in the past, they always say, if you want to be the best, study the best. And uh, I've always been a proponent of that. And Augie in his book says, Major League Baseball is America's pastime, youth baseball. And when he talks youth baseball, he means anything from T-ball to through college. He says is America's future. And he, when he talks about that, he says everything that I did through the game of baseball, everything was out of love, everything for my for my kids. He says everything was coached straight through love and relationships because. A, a slim percentage of the kids that I even coach where I was at were going to make it to the big leagues. He says, my job was to prepare them for the future and the path that they were chosen and given. So.
0: That's awesome. I, I appreciate you sharing everything, Jason, and especially, you know, somebody that uh, is, is different as different as it may be that those, the way to regret sat on my shoulders for quite a long time as well too. And, and, at the time that it got told to finally lift it off and let something else be be placed as far as a, a heavier weight on my heart, you know that's, that's when things started to change. So I'm glad that those guys got you in, in, your, in their lives because now you get to put your experiences with the, with the better twist on it to you know give them that power and and give them that person like you said that you know you just didn't have at at your age for yourself and hopefully you can provide that good experience and and, uh coach mags i want to be respectful of your time as i know we've gone over uh the hour for ourselves but uh jamie or or brian did either of you guys have anything before i uh kind of got us here here towards the end for ourselves yeah coach kirk um first of all coach mags it's a pleasure i hope you're Good. Congratulations on the title. I know it's big. I currently live, born and raised in Marietta, Georgia. So growing up watching the Braves, growing up watching you guys. So it's, you know, since 95, it's just it's been a long time coming, but I'm glad it finally happened. Um, And if you don't mind, I also want to be respectful of your time. Um,
1: Don't worry about it. It's, It's God's time. Let's keep going. Let's let the Holy Spirit take
0: over. All right, awesome. Uh, you did mention um, during this past season um, love coming into effect, especially when um, injuries kind of came uh, came about and then controversy with in other things. But um, before that, you know, from the beginning of the season to, you know, all that stuff leading up, was there a time during the season where, you know, maybe things got tough before prior to that, where you think love kind of came, you know, stopping in and kind of really, really um kind of helped you guys out
1: yeah you know what it we we did have it it it, it was a we were um how should i explain this it it just we just couldn't get over the hump it was just you know one thing after another it's like but again it built the character it perseverance builds character and then that's what the bible says it says it builds character and then character builds hope and so it was building us the whole time. That, that's what's so awesome. We look back and see what God was doing. We look at how we persevered and bang, you know, we went, I mean, it when it clicked, it was like, let's go. And so other teams, when they were, maybe they went and went well for them all season, all of a sudden, like, Oh, they hit a little bump at the end. We knew how to get out of it. And cause we went through it and, and I credit, and, and I say this a lot, I credit uh, uh, Brian Snicker a lot because he held our team together. He he didn't never panic. He never panicked. He was right there. Hey, all right, guys, let's go. Come on. Positive. You know, he didn't want to panic and everything. And, and he just, he let the guys play and, and he was very positive. I mean, it's like, I don't know uh, another manager that would have been like him. I mean, they would have been like, oh gosh. And and easily probably had a, a, a meeting to chew everybody out. He never did that. It was like, man, it's like, but you know, he, he wanted, obviously he, he, he wanted us to, to, to go play hard every day, which we did. That's one thing we did, but it built, that whole thing was being built so that now we can see the fruit of that perseverance, what we did the whole season up to that point. And again, I go back to the verse that comes to mind so much is. Those who persevere till the end shall be saved. That just sticks with me, man. Because it's like, that's that's how you can describe our season this year.
0: Because there would have been any, right. like you're saying, there was probably any number of avenues of which guys could have caved on themselves. The manager could have started caving on the team, or like you said, called a meeting here and there, did these different things, but you guys kept it. The, the same and with that same mentality and ultimately allowed that perseverance to, to shine through and didn't turn on what you told yourselves you were going to do throughout that whole process. I mean, that, and, and now as that unit moves forward, how would you guys never, you know, how, how would you not trust each other moving forward? You know, with, with anything that you've been through, it, it's, I'm sure that at this point these guys are excited to, get back when things get clear for them to get working again, because they, it's just another, all right, persevere. Fine. Let's let you're going to try to do it this way and tell us that this and that, well, we don't have any control of it. We'll control what we can when we get back to everything.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, I'm going to coach, uh, coach Mags, uh, before I I get us towards uh, anything of of wrapping up, you got anything else that you you just want to share one last thing or anything that you'd like to, uh, to just get it get off your heart or anything that you didn't feel like you got a chance to say.
1: No, this was good. I really don't have. I don't think right now I have anything else. I think what was said was really good. What we talked about and yeah. make, make Jesus the center. I mean, it's I, I I I describe Jesus as I don't want to say describe you, but I, I describe relationship with Jesus, Him being the center. It's like there's a wheel and He's the center, and let everything be connected to that. Let your baseball, let your marriage. Let your school, your education, your 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 hobbies, let everything be connected to, to Jesus. You know, I I have a saying that I don't think God wants to be or Jesus wants to be number one and then family and then work and then school, because if it's in that order, we're gonna neglect certain things. And personally, I've I've heard of and and seen. Pastors get divorced because it was not, ministry was consuming. They, for, they neglected their family. They neglected all this stuff, and it's like, bam! Before you know it, divorce. God doesn't want that. What God wants and Jesus wants is for Him to be the center. When you make Him the center, everything's connected to that. Now there's no top bottom. Everything revolves around that. Now you bake that, you're going to be strong in every every area of your life. So I just want to encourage you guys: make Jesus the center of everything that you do.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. I I, I love that for sure. As far as really, I mean, there there is no tier. It's the it's the center, and then let everything wrap around it, and then then everything gets to be consumed by it, and not left out from it. Which ultimately we're all trying to grow through that center as well, too, and glorify. Those different aspects of what we're doing, but knowing that there's a base foundation that we're working around. And so that that's powerful coach Mags and, and guys, I, I always do like to try to leave us, um, you know, with something actionable as well too, to put into work. And I can tell you from last week, you know, I took the heart of writing the vision statement and mission statement and, uh, and I created some awesome momentum and on creating some intentional actions of, of you know, where I want to be going, but ultimately still living where my feet are at right now but this week we, you know, with the topic of love, you know, I kind of want to just do something simple. The action for this week is call somebody you care about, you know, and maybe it's multiple people, you know, and, but share some love this week, make a, make a list of at least seven people, you know, for one for every day. And and just, do, if you want to do it, like do more, that's up to you, but just call somebody and, and let them know what they mean to you. You know, you, it, it can go a, a long way. Just express some love and gratitude and, and you might even not even know just, you know, what it does to you personally, but what it might do to the other person on that other line, you know, receiving that information. But, you know, as we close the day, you know, I got to reiterate and, and thank you, uh, everybody that continues to join in on the conversation and those that continue to jump back in for more, uh, and including all those new people as well. And I can tell you plain and simple, you know, I'm seeing a change in my own life personally in, in every facet. And I hope in some ways you're feeling positive changes for yourself even if it's just the awareness to start those changes things don't happen overnight, but it starts with the conscious effort to start being aware that something fundamentally different needs to be changed or improved upon to get the most out of who you are. And you're the only person that gets to decide that don't measure yourself against others, but only against your own personal measurement of what you know that you're pouring into yourself and what you desire from yourself. Then you got to turn around and put that into action to back it up. So, you know, guys, again, thanks so much for your time. Coach Mags, thank you so much for your time and sharing your heart with us today. It it was truly felt. And and I hope that, you know, in this day and age, uh, you know, through just the interwebs of what it's worth, you know, I felt, I felt it as if you were here, you know, with me in person, but I can only imagine what actually being in the room and being in that cage with you and talking about life could actually be. So I appreciate you talking about life today with us and, and sharing your heart with us. So, uh, guys once again thank you looking forward to everything we'll have one another one next week and then we'll take a, a break for the holidays but looking forward to just continue chucking along and, and look forward to seeing anybody else on the next calls guys